everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. This year, it's Census 2020, and we know that this is something that is critical to all of us throughout the state, really, as well as South Florida, to getting funding for the different programs that are available that help people get through day to day. I am very happy to welcome back Susan Racher, the Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of the Wallace H. Coulter Foundation. This is one of seven nonprofits spearheading the Florida Counts 2020 initiative. Susan, thanks for talking to us again. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure, and thank you for supporting and allowing so much conversation and energy um, around the census. It's a very important topic. Yes. Well, we spoke in November and you explained quite a bit about why it's important that the numbers are correct and that everyone is counted and that people aren't counted twice and everyone is caught in every area. If you want to do a quick review of that and we can move on to other parts of the focus on the census now. Um, The census is a decennial census, which means every 10 years, as stated in our U.S. Constitution, every individual who resides in the United States must be counted. And it's the largest peacetime mobilization that the U.S. government does. It's a a massive undertaking and a very important one. Uh, The census guides the allocation of government funding, which is now estimated to be a trillion and a half dollars as it's allocated in various government programs, grants, and direct payments to the states and to individuals under programs like Medicare and Medicaid, as well as uh, for congressional seats, for electoral college representation, and for state and local representation. Everything that we do in our lives, whether it's drive on our roads, drink our water, enjoy our coastline, send our children to schools, go to our hospitals and seek medical care, everything that we do, job training, economic development zones, business data that is essential to how companies determine where to locate, where to allocate marketing funds, where to invest in growth. All are determined, all are influenced by the census. This is a huge undertaking, trying to count every single individual in the country. Now, in the past, we're talking 10 years ago or going back 20 years, it was done by face-to-face. People would go knocking on doors or there were public places where people could go and meet with someone who was doing the counting and fill out the paperwork with assistance, say at a library. Is this the first time that technology will be part of the count? Yes, that's a very important change in in 2020. In the past, most of us received a census form in the mail, and 
were asked to fill it out and mail it back in. This year, uh, starting in mid-March, people residing in the United States will get a letter inviting them to go online with a special code to fill out their census. Following that letter will be four postcards reminding them to do it. And following that effort will be a, a paper census for those who are non-responders. Following the paper census, there will be uh, enumerators out in the communities actually knocking on doors and, and trying to follow up on census counts in communities that have a low response rate. At any time during the process, an individual can request a, a paper census, can also call a phone number and do their census on the phone. What is so that there phone? There are multiple options. What's that phone number? It Talk will be on the invitation letter and it will be communicated when the census goes live. Okay. Now, everyone this week has watched what happened in Iowa with the first caucus for the presidential primary. And I've got to imagine that there are a lot of people who are concerned after what they've seen. How, if they couldn't get that right, how are you going to get the census right? We all know that Murphy's Law, you know, resides in our computers when we need them most. Sometimes they're not there for us. The one thing I can say is that our, you know, for those of us who are quite involved and in, in, entrenched in census work, it appears that the Census Bureau has made investments and has done a strong effort to test and retest and check on redundancies. You know, unlike Iowa, the good news about the census is that it, it's really, you know, a, a four- to six-week kind of time horizon. If something is wrong the first day, it is not going to derail the effort. There's always the opportunity to ask for and receive a paper census, and so it's not as time-sensitive as Iowa. But, you know, it gives everybody pause because the crashing of a, an app or a computer system is, you know, quite nerve-wracking. Right. But as you say, what you're working with has been tested and retested. Plus, there is the opportunity to fill it out by hand on paper. There's also the phone number that people can call to right. do the census or face-to-face -face either in well, one of the public... Exactly. Right. So you have backups on backups and backups. The most important right, exactly. thing is to be able to have the funds available to do a complete and accurate census count. And that's where you come in with the work that you're doing with the Wallace H. Coulter Foundation. Yes. Uh, we've joined hands with uh, seven other funders like ourselves and also nonprofits um, to create Florida Counts. Census 2020. We came together in July of this year because we saw that there was a void in communication statewide in census outreach and there was no funding. You know, we have spoken about the, the process of the census, the receipt of a letter, the receipt of postcards, etc. One of the big issues with the census is education. People need to understand that everyone fills out the census. Those who are in, in this work know that, but those who aren't don't. I've spoken to many, many foreign nationals who are living in Miami, doing work in Miami, working for U.S. companies or foreign companies, didn't realize that they have to fill out a census. So education and outreach and messaging as to who has to fill it out 
when they have to fill it out, that it is absolutely safe to fill it out, and why it's important to fill it out. That messaging requires effort and funding. The second is that there is a a large group of individuals and communities that are hard to reach. Um, They can be found on the Census website. The Census Bureau knows where these locations are and that they have typically had a low mail-in response rate. The census, they're rural communities, they're communities where where they're just not, you know, connected to to any kind of civic engagement, or they may be communities where there's a great fear or distrust of anything, you know, that has a governmental source. Right. And and it may be, you know, from experiences in their homelands, if they're immigrants or other concerns. Here is where Florida Counts has been really important. We've raised over $1.1 million to re-grant to community-based organizations that are doing work in these communities. Uh, They are organizations like the Urban League, um, like um, Engage, uh, you know, an Arab-American, Muslim-American organization doing excellent work in Jacksonville and and St. Petersburg. Uh, Latino organizations, organizations like the Girl Scouts that are reaching an essential, essential, hard-to-reach population, and that's young families. The largest undercount in every census are children from zero to five. The second largest undercount are children from five to nine. So um, we were able to re-grant funds to um, a Girl Scout council in northern Florida that has incredible reach in several counties and had a fabulous plan not only to educate the Girl Scouts, but to bring in their families and their greater communities in census work. So these organizations are the trusted messengers, and we have uh, made grants to 26 organizations so far doing work in 22 counties. And we're re-granting and accepting grant applications on a rolling basis to continue this work as we're raising more money. Okay. Now, you're looking to raise about $2 million total. You've already granted about 400000 Is that correct? Uh, we've granted four hundred and close to 450000 already. Okay. And um, we've raised $1.1 million, And we do have a pipeline uh, that will... Get us close, but not quite at $2 million. We have a pipeline of commitments for um, over $400,000. So again, we're, we're edging towards it, but we still have a bit of a ways to go. We're accepting grant applications. We're basically raising money and turning it around to grantees throughout Florida that need that $5,000, $15,000, $20,000, dollar grant to make the difference, to be able to pay a part-time salary for an individual who is trained to go out into the community to provide computers and and laptops so that people who lack internet access, which is a, a huge, huge swath of Florida population, have the resources to be able to do that. And we've also supported and are rolling out trainings throughout the state. We've done a training in Miami. We've done one in Tampa. We are taping a training, and it will be on our website, floridacounts.com. 
being properly trained to answer questions about the census is absolutely essential. And these are questions about the confidentiality of the census, as well as how to answer the questions that are on the census. And certainly you must need people who are multilingual also. That's right. Who are multilingual and who can connect and are trusted by their communities. The other thing that I would tell folks who are listening to this show is that the Census Bureau is hiring, and they're hiring for nice-paying part-time jobs. And if you go to the censusbureau.gov and apply, uh, the Census Bureau is not meeting its complete goal for hiring in Florida. There are huge areas in Florida that afford opportunity for additional hiring. Uh, And I would encourage uh, people listening to this program, if they desire part-time work, to apply. So a question about that. Does someone have to be a Florida resident to work part-time for the census in Florida? You know, we get people who are snowbirds who might want to work for the census. Must you be a resident of the state where you are going to work in the census? has expressed a preference for people who are resident in a particular community. Okay. And there is a variety of jobs, everything from people going door to door to people working in locations like libraries to people working in offices coordinating things. Right. They'll be mobile, yes. And and they're just set now. I mean, this is like hot off the press for me, um, and I'm sure for, for most people, um, the, the mobile uh, questionnaire assistance units that the Census Bureau will be putting out into the field in low response rate communities, and so they're hiring for those positions as well. It would be best to connect with the Census Bureau. This is not the purview, you know, of Florida Counts. Um, but I thought I would mention it because it's a really wonderful opportunity to make seventeen, twenty, more than twenty dollars an hour. Absolutely, and that's at census.gov, and you'll find the link for jobs. But as far as Florida Counts goes, now you're at flcounts.com, and this is where you right. and these seven other nonprofits, Urban League of Broward County, the Florida Nonprofit Alliance, uh, Florida Philanthropic Network, and several others are doing the fundraising to then give the grants to the smaller organizations that are actually in the communities. Who are you raising funds from? Can anyone donate money or do you expect it to come from businesses, other philanthropic communities, foundations? Uh, Up to date, um, the funding has come from a combination of philanthropies, and business. So um, funders include the Allegheny Franciscan Foundation, the Space Coast Health Foundation, Healthy St. Pete in Pinellas, the Ventus Foundation, the Central Florida Community Foundation, Comcast, etc. We will accept funding, Florida Blue, we will accept funding from everybody. There is um, $1,000 or more you know, contact us, um, and because every dollar counts. For a church having a census Sunday, $1,000 means breakfast. 
uh, for the folks and bringing them into the church to talk about the importance of census. But it's a little bit different from, say, the presidential campaigns where they're urging millions of people to donate anywhere from a dollar to $25. And for them, it's important to have a mass number of small donations, whereas this you really need larger amounts. You're not expecting the average citizen (laughs) to make a donation. We're hopeful for businesses high net worth individuals and, and foundations okay. uh, and associations um, to support this. And the, the reason why is really capacity. Uh, we are a group of, of eight philanthropic organizations doing this work to fill a void that is uh, clearly resident in Florida. You know, I wish we had the, the staff and the the time to do a GoFundMe or something that, that was, you know, a smaller dollar amount, but we don't. Okay. So we'll call on our businesses. There are many that are involved in community work and philanthropic work all year long. So certainly donating to this cause is vital for businesses as well as individuals, as you explained, the data that comes from the census will be with us for the next 10 years. That's right. And for every individual person counted that would not have been counted except for the outreach effort that we're making, the state will receive $14,450 over 10 years. Okay. So the return on investment is astronomical. Okay. For every person we miss, we lose $14,450 in state funding that affects our roads and our water and our airports and our coastline and our schools and on and on and on. So it is a good, you know, a good investment. The other thing I would mention, if I may, for business mm-hmm. is please, you know, connect with us and use our materials at Florida Counts com to communicate with your employees, many of whom, especially if you're a large retailer, large uh, grocery store, um, a large hospital system, your employees may be living in communities that have a low response rate. And anything that you can do to encourage them and to, again, use our materials to show them that it is safe and that's very important to fill out the census uh, would have an impact as well. Do you have people who are trained to go to a business and explain to the employees on behalf of Florida Counts exactly why it's so important or teach someone at the business to then relay the information to the employees? Absolutely. And I would encourage to reach out to floridacounts.com and we will make that happen. And uh, my own personal phone number is on FloridaCounts.com. So if you if you reach out, you know, don't be surprised. I answer the phone. <laughs> okay. And the website, again, is FLCounts.com. We can't reiterate too many times how important this is. Actual census day is April 1st. But That's as right. you said, the process takes six weeks, is it? Well, the first letter will go out March 12th, and people will be encouraged at that point to sign on. They'll be given a unique code, so please don't throw away those letters. If you happen to throw away the letter by mistake or the dog eats it, 
there'll be postcards <laughs> sent to you after that. Okay. And when you receive that letter, can you then fill out the form immediately, or do you have to wait until April 1st? No, you can fill it out. Okay. And then what is April 1st considered? Why is that considered census day? What will be it different? Was in the Constitution, I <laughs> okay. believe. Okay. But no, I believe it was it was determined that that is Census Day since 1790 or something. Okay, like but in 2020, the whole process actually goes on for more than a month to ensure that everyone has their chance to be counted so that each state gets their fair share of the money that is collected that we pay in taxes. So let's take it back. <laughs> Absolutely, Ellen. You know, Florida pays over $200 billion a year in taxes. And federal money coming back into Florida directly is about $45 billion. So it's definitely our money okay. that we want to take back. Okay. So, again, flcounts.com is the website. You'll find the phone number there if you want to speak with Susan Racher, who is the vice president and chief financial officer. You'll find her phone number on the website. And you can call Susan to ask for someone to come to your office and speak about the census. You can call if you'd like to donate money. You can call if you'd like to be granted money, if you have your own nonprofit and you'd like to support the process of doing the count and helping reach everyone in our communities. You're the person, Susan. <laughs> okay. All right. I look forward to it. And we do have on the FloridaCounts.com website, if you click on it, you'll see RFP. That's request for proposal. If you wish to apply for a grant, you could go there directly and, and you don't even have to do anything else. Perfect. Okay. It's flcounts.com. Susan Racher, Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of the Wallace H. Coulter Foundation, one of eight nonprofits spearheading the Florida Counts 2020 initiative. We will speak to you again before April 1st to remind people once more of the importance of filling out the forms and remind them what they're getting when they see things arriving in the mail. Thank you. I very much appreciate this opportunity and, and this wonderful conversation. My pleasure. Thank you. A very good Sunday morning. I'm Jeff Martin, and here at Easy 93.1 and the Cox Media Group of Stations, we appreciate our servicemen and women and our first responders as well as our veterans. And each month, we feature issues affecting our veterans, and we're very proud of our long-term partnership with Mission United. It's a division of the United Way, connecting veterans and their families with the services they need, from securing a roof over their heads to finding a stable job, help with legal services to getting health treatment. Joining me this morning is Lillian Bentley, career specialist from Mission United Broward. Lillian, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Tell us, what's your role in Mission United? Well, my role as the employment specialist is I basically help veterans to find employment. I connect employers to veterans who will specialize in whatever job openings that they have, and I try to give them more information on the benefits of hiring veterans. We also help with the education component as well. So basically, veterans who are recently discharged from the military, we try to help them to use their GI Bill in the best way that they can. So if it's getting a trade or doing an OJT program or anything of that nature, we try to point them in the right direction.
education and help them to make the correct decisions when it comes to education so that when they're done getting the education that they need, they can be gainfully employed. And what is the benefit to an employer of hiring a veteran? Well, there are tons of benefits for employers who hire veterans. Well, we have the medallion program. Employers that are willing to hire veterans, they're able to get recognition through the medallion program, and they would be noticed statewide as a employer that hires veterans. And then we also have the Work Opportunity Act, the Returning Heroes Tax Credit, and also the Activated Military Service Tax Credit as well. There are a lot of different tax credits that employers can take advantage of for hiring veterans. Say, for instance, they wanted to do some on-the-job training. There's also a program that will pay a percentage of the veteran's salary, and then the employer, you know, wouldn't have to worry about that part of it. So that's also a program that would be great as well. It's so important. How many employers do you work with? Right now, we have quite a few employers that we work with. I would say about 25 different employers that are willing to hire veterans that we refer from our agency. And what industries do veterans typically gravitate to? How can they use their skills? Usually, they go more into hospitality, healthcare, trades, and also entrepreneurship has become a big thing as well. So getting more information on how they can use their skills as entrepreneurs, whether it's basically doing technical things as far as air condition technicians or elevator operators, different things of that nature. And it's translating their military skills to employment skills because there are so many. And to articulate that, it's sometimes a problem for the veteran. And you have some programs that help veterans with their resumes and also finding employment and interviews and things like that. Oh, most definitely. So a part of my role is I do help veterans to put together their resumes and translate their military skills into civilian language. So a lot of times, civilians don't know what an MOS is, and an MOS is the job that a veteran did, helping a veteran to basically translate that language into civilian language is very important because as veterans, we've done a lot of different jobs while serving in the military. And a lot of people are able to basically articulate exactly what they did in the military terminology. When they need any type of assistance with that, they come to me, we sit down, we can put together a resume, or if they already have a resume, we can tweak the resume. They need any help as far as interviewing skills or anything of that nature. During our meeting, we can talk about those things, and then I'll be able to help them in any way that I can. There's so many skills that veterans have that can translate to employers. Leadership skills, team building skills, veterans, they're on time, they're disciplined. It's such a a benefit to an employer to hire a veteran? Most definitely. A lot of times I don't think that the civilian sector understands, even with the job retention, a lot of veterans are more stable as far as they're willing to work hard. They have strong interpersonal skills. They hold themselves accountable for whatever work it is that they're responsible for doing. And then the knowledge of technology that we learn within the military, I think that's also a great skill that veterans bring to the table as well.
And they really can adapt to a situation. That's what they're trained for, you know, to expect the unexpected and deal with it. Absolutely. So adapting to different work cultures, that's something that we've learned in the military as well, because moving from state to state or from post to post, those are things that we are very adaptable. And we've learned those skills in the military as well. So that's a great point. And what programs are available to veterans who are looking for employment? For veterans who are looking for employment, Employee Florida has a lot of different programs. They have the OJT program, the WIOA program, and the WIOA program is basically a program where they will help veterans to get training for in-demand jobs. The OJT program, the program I was telling you a little bit about earlier, where they will pay part of the veteran's salary while the veteran is getting training on the job. And then there's also other programs as far as Salty Jobs. They are with the marine industry, and they also help to train veterans and also help veterans to translate those technical skills that they learned in the military into the marine industry, which is awesome as well. Especially in South Florida, the marine industry is huge. How can folks contact you at Mission United? Oh, Sure. So you can contact me via phone. My direct line would be 954-308-9263. And my email address is lbentley at unitedwaybroward.org. Now United Way has grown so much. Uh, This one in Broward was actually the first one. This program has grown throughout the United States, and you've grown it well. You are a great example to our veterans and helping them throughout our community, all kinds of opportunities for our veterans. And I want to thank you and United Way and Mission United for all the work you do. Most definitely, and thank you, Joe. Well, it's a pleasure having you on the program. And folks, can also go to our website at easy93.com. There you'll find a full veterans resources page with a link on our homepage, information for Mission United and information for all of our veterans. I'm Jeff Martin. Thank you for listening this morning and thank a veteran today. I'm Ellen Jaffe. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com or jeffmartin at jeffmartin at easy93.com. Join us again next Sunday at 6.50 for another edition of Easy's Community Focus. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.